Hey everyone, thank you so much for being patient with our release schedule so far, because I'm pleased to announce that we're finally getting back to our bi-weekly schedule, starting with this episode. If you're enjoying our show, please reach out to us on Twitter at $2Creature, that's the number two, the word dollar, and creature, or by using the hashtag $2Pod. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher of choice and help us reach more people with this labor of love. And now, without further ado, I bring you episode three of Two Dollar Creature, titled Culture Clash. back to two dollar creature feature podcast uh i'm your keeper mr ray as i go on on the internet and um we are a pre-recorded actual play podcast we are set in the 1960s um and we are a uh, traveling carnival group playing with the rp system uh monster of the week and so uh just to get a couple thank yous right out of the way right from the beginning um, I want to thank Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions for giving us this game system. Uh, well, not giving us this game system, but making this game system um, because that's what we're playing out of, and it's a really intuitive, great system. I love it. Um, that being said, um, I'm not playing it uh, completely rules as written, um, so I may change things here or there. So if you're a keeper, if you play this game a lot, and you're like, hey, why is he doing it that way? Well, that's because, you know, um, I want to be telling a story. Uh, that's I think that's what we're all doing here. So just to put that disclaimer out there, we're, we're trying to entertain. Um, I'd also like to thank Sam Richardson and Q-Times for um, giving us a wonderful setting to go off of because we are a prequel, sequel series based off of Sam Richardson's run on uh, Monster of the Week for Q-Times. So uh, we'll make references and callbacks to that. Yeah, um, we're just uh, really appreciative for all the things that they've done. Anyways, uh, I've, I've stalled it out long enough. I am uh, Matt Adams, uh, he, him, but I will be playing most of the characters in the world. So my pronouns, as far as character-wise, will be changing. Um, now, uh, this is my cast. I'm Laura McMillan. I'm playing Dora Bolin. We are both She-Her. Uh, Dora Bolin is the wrong playbook. Um, you want to do little descriptions right now or skip through them? Yeah, just a little, like, short snippet. Um, Dora is uh, a quite young person from Appalachia. She uh, left home and was going to the circus following a pretty traumatic uh, incident at home. Her twin brother, Eddie, was um, taken, disappeared by some kind of mysterious creature. Uh, Dora was not quite, you know, def- definite, definitely nobody knows anything about it. 
Um, and uh, in the search to find out what happened to him, she has left home. Um, you can see here she is um, a small person um, dressed in probably very baggy, oversized, dark clothes with a shag of dark hair falling in her face um, and bright green eyes. Okay. Uh, Nai, what about you? Uh, hello, I am Nai. I'm not saying my last name because a certain member of the, the cast said it sounds like a young adult novel main character's name and I still feel embarrassed over that. So just just call me Nai. Uh, I am he him and my character Nemo also goes by he him. Uh, I just realized that both our names start with an N. That was completely unintentional. Uh, he, uh, uh, he is playing the monster. I am playing the monstrous playbook. Uh, and he is a looks kind of like an indistinguishable 20s something what makes him stand out is that he wears a uh, victorian clothing that is very threadbare and worn uh, he wears a little bowler cap hat i know that's an anachronistic but i don't care uh and he speaks like this yes hello i, I speak like this and uh yeah he's with the circus for reasons that a certain player is going to start digging up, totally asking the permission of Nemo. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I am not doing anything of the sort. Uh, Sybil, on the other hand, uh, definitely is. Uh, she's, you know, a fairly tall person, um, uh, nondescript for the most part, uh, but has uh, a charm uh, bracelet with a handful of charms on it. Uh, the only real one of note is a, a, a sun charm that kind of glows with an inner fa uh, a faint inner light. Um, she uh, she wears a, a coat with a hood. Um, her hair is you know concealed underneath it. Um, but the most notice uh, noticeable thing about her would probably be the fact that her eyes kind of uh, stare off into the distance, only occasionally focusing on some things um, uh, that are just out of view. Um, uh, she plays the Hex playbook, and she is uh, uh, very good at, uh, you know, prying into people's past uh, through the use of um, uh, magic, because uh, she's an oracle. Uh, so that that's her. Uh, I use they, them, and uh, Sybil uses she, her. Without further ado, um, last time um, our group was in Derringer, uh, they encountered um, some nasty beasties in a maze, and um, they ran into a god who made a reference to some possible dubious um, uh, past from Nemo, and that really caught Sybil's attention. Um, the god got away, and... Um, but the group managed to save the people who, you know, were uh, were under threat. So um, the episode that we're going to be doing here is hopefully going to be a little bit shorter than um, a normal arc. It's kind of the in-between filler. Um, but it's it's going to be very character-driven. And it's also kind of a time for um, us to move around, like, the main um, storyline along. So, um So there's not going to be any, like, monsters and stuff happening. 
Um, but this is going to be kind of like looking into um, just the in-between. Um, and seeing how characters relate and stuff. Um, so I, I I would call it kind of our on-the-road episodes. The carnival was on its first uh, night whenever you guys were doing the stuff with Garinger. Um, but you didn't really have much downtime because um, you were busy and such. Um, and for the extended stay in Garinger, um, you, you pretty much stayed uh, doing carny stuff. So after that, the carnival packed up and you went out on the road and um, characters have had time to kind of think and reflect. And now you've kind of made a stop at a, uh, a hotel or a little like side of the road motel um, for the night, like in between locations. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go to doors room and chap on the door. Not on door, on the door <laughs> containing the room which door <laughs> is within. You just go straight to her room and just knock directly upon her upon face. Her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think you get a response at first. Oh. I sighed to myself. Hmm. I went to Sybil's door and all I heard was m- muttering and and maniacal laughter uh, and doors out maybe I'll yes I, I guess I'll just go home okay I'm go- I'm going to head over to some kind of eating establishment even if it's just like a crappy vending machine I'm rather hungry I don't know if vending machines existed in the 60s oh yeah they did that, okay, well, there we go. that was like the high time of like you had vending machines for everything like cigarettes and all that good jazz i like how i like how doors like I, jesus i i you just knocked and you immediately bugger off the minute i don't come to the yeah. door apologies i mean i don't yes, actually go away sad. i wait like a moment or two i just thought it'd be funny to be like all sad I, I think I think if you, if you wait if you wait there a moment yeah. more feeling sorry for yourself you probably hear her well, move around a little bit yeah <laughs> like I knock and you don't immediately come to the door like that's a normal reaction to knock and wait for the person to respond if I if I wait like a, like say I wait a minute right after knocking I will resign that door is clearly occupied with something. And I will go off to find some company. Uh, I think if you're, if, you're, if you're still waiting there and, and just kind of breathing at the door, I think after a minute... Oh, okay, that's not... <laughs> I'm not that creepy. I'm mildly creepy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not... But I'm not like... No, I'm, I, I'm bored, Okay. I'm now having this full conversation in my head. I'm not trying to... I'm not going... I'm not going to eat her. I'm not going to eat her. I just would like to... I just... I'm bored. I would like... I'd like a friend. I'm not going to eat her. But I'm saying this aloud and you're just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I, I think at this moment, if you're looking, you see kind of the peephole on the door, but the peephole is on this like roadside motel, which probably yeah, pretty... Okay pretty old so it's actually it's not like a one-way 
looking thingy where yeah, I can probably hole in the door. And I can probably and hear you because like the boards squeak yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff as you yeah. yeah. Uh Daw and, and then Daw, would you would you like to get something to eat? I'm a, I'm a little bit bored, suffice to say, and I was wanting to spend some time with somebody. I, I went to Sybil, but uh I didn't I didn't get a response from her. So I was just wondering oh, if you would oh, like to. Oh, oh. Yeah, you yeah, you, you you hear you hear like a, a commotion behind behind the door as she and she she's realizing right as you're talking who it is because she has just if you've been looking at the people you would just see one green eye like pressed right up against it to see who is out there. Um and she sees you I think right at the same time as you start start explaining yourself. Um so yeah, she hastily unlocks the door. Um and Oh, eating, eating, yes. What, oh, what time is it? We should have, who did we miss? Who did we miss dinner? Did they, ha did they uh, have dinner here? Did we should have get Well, it's, it, 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 there's, there is a company, you know, stipend for food. Uh, we don't really have the resources to be doling it. It's, it's fine. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of our, uh, of our accounting system. Suffice to say, um, yes, I will have given you money to pay for food. And if food is, if you cannot get food, we can provide food. Do you want to get some food with me? You do look like you've not I, eaten. I I always want to get food, you know. Okay. Oh, there's a there's an eating establishment just over there. Would you like to uh, join me? Yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. I'm. I gotta tell you, I'm skeptical about that place. Any place that says out front they serve biscuits bigger than your head, you can bet the biscuits are gonna be smaller than your head. That's what I've learned. Nemo kind of like stares off in the distance for a moment. Oh, yes, biscuits. Right, yes, okay. Um, uh, yes, no, I understand what a biscuit is now. Yes. And I pull, I pull out, I pull out uh, Werther's original. Yes, like this. This is what a biscuit is to me. <laughs> This is a bit that we don't need to keep in the show because this is really stupid. No, I'm I'm just cracking up because this is this is one of my favorite things to do to people from the UK is talk to them about American biscuits and gravy because because I mean yeah, uh, in, in the UK it's a cookie. I don't know about you, but chocolate biscuits and gravy is my favorite. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I love that too. Okay, so go ahead and continue. Anyway, let's yes, let's go to the restaurants, please, before we have any more cultural clashes. Yes, it it does uh, seem like you need a snack, Nemo. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, door, door. You you don't have to bring the shotgun. It's it's perfectly okay. You can leave it here. You can you can. I thought uh, I thought I did a better job at hiding it than that. It, I I can see it sticking out of your of of your of your clothing. Yes, it's quite visible. Yes. Okay, let me just let me just go get another jacket. I'll just kind of tie it. It'll be fine. Oh, oh, okay, right. That's. Absolutely well, fine, I'm, yes. But I'm here walking into a strange truck stop without my gun? What the heck? This is America. <laughs> <laughs> is the episode this, title going to be Culture Clash? <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is America, and I'm paranoid. We the uh, yeah. the pair of us are the comic relief for this episode because Sybil's gonna be doing some pretty heavy lifting emotional wise. So we've got to really butter up the audience with our shenanigans. 
Okay, yes. We go to the diner. More heavily armed than necessary to go to a diner, but whatever. Exactly, exactly the level of arms that is necessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you uh, you walk into this diner. It's it's uh, got like kind of the, oh like black booths and tables, and um, the bowls have like different um, like license plates and pictures of famous people that have driven through here. Elvis like came through one time. And uh, you see, like, in the picture, like, they're all, like, holding up, like, these plates kind of side beside him. And, like, it, it features, like, these really, like, massive plates with huge biscuits, like, smothered in gravy. There's there's kind of a bar with uh, bar stools, like, sitting there. And then um, there are, like, booths, like, that, are, like, line the restaurant. And then there's, like, a, a mix of, like, tables sitting there. And um, you can see into the back there is a uh, African-American man sitting back there and he's like smoking and you can hear stuff grilling and he like blows out the smoke and he like, you know, gives like a kind of a nod um, to show that, you know, he, he realizes you're there, but it's not his job to say hi to you. The door absolutely <laughs> calls out to him. Hey there. And, and he'll just be, hi, uh, be with you in a second. No problem. We'll just, we'll just sit right here. Oh, okay. We're going to sit here. That's absolutely fine. Yes. Hello. Yes. Oh, okay. I yes, no, I I have been in a diner, not very often, I will admit. But yes, I'm I'm familiar with American cuisine. Um, yes. and whenever you guys get settled in, um, a waitress comes out and she's kind of in this like um, oh green uniform, um, and it's not like a, a darker green. It's more of like a borderline teal green. And uh, she's got a wet apron on. Her hair's kind of done up in a. Um, uh, are you familiar with a beehive haircut? Yeah, she yes. her hair is done up in a beehive. She's she's Caucasian and she smiles and um, she's kind of mid forties maybe. And she smiles and she's like, "Hi, what can I get for you?" Oh shoot, you don't have a. I'm sorry, I've just kind of <laughs> lost all sense of myself. Uh, hold on, and she she walks off and then she comes back and she hands you both menus. And she's like, uh, you know, welcome to Ron's. Um, I'll be your server. My name's Agnes. Oh, well, hello there, Agnes. Lovely name. Thank you. Um, I, I will allow the young lady before me to order for herself. Uh, I am going to have a quick read of the menu. So, Dor, I'm sure you are very well versed in these, uh, in these uh, delicacies. So I shall just quickly read the menu. Let me know if you need any advice on anything. Uh, I will naturally come to you immediately. Uh, Miss Agnes, uh, could you, could you, could you show me about the size of a biscuit? And she's like, yeah, sure. They're, uh, and she holds out her hands, and they're further apart than they have any business to be to describe the size of a biscuit. <laughs> we got a special oven back there set up just Dora for this. Nods. Dora just like, Appreciatively. Um, to go ahead and like g give your order. Because as soon as she's out of earshot, Dor leans in here and goes, "Just, just sweet. It's just sweet tea, not sweet ham." Oh yes, I'm not familiar with this. Yeah, I've not. I have not been in the south before, uh, so I'm not familiar with the customs. I, I will have to apologize profusely once she returns. I wouldn't. I honestly, I wouldn't call attention to it. 
Understood. Yes, I will be as delicate and as unforeseen as a church mouse. Now, I was wondering, Dor, since we are here having a conversation, if you have anything you want to talk about, anything at all. All right. Um, so uh, while you two are in the diner, um, let's go ahead and pop over to Sybil. Visions, visions, visions. Okay, go ahead. All right, so Sybil, are you, where are you doing? Um, when we left off with you, um, you were very suspicious of Nemo, and you wanted to look inside of your um, your new sanctuary. Yeah, um, so uh, last I remember, um, I had just received uh, a handful of uh, materials from MRS, um, the organization, and among those was a book uh, that allows me to use a big magic roll. I, so basically what I'm doing is you can find me sitting in the sanctum, uh, crouched over uh, a table. Uh, there's a number of runes and sigils uh, spiraled across it in sand and various other uh, minerals. You know, real edgy, witchy stuff. Um, and right. uh, I, uh, I'm looking into the past to try and determine who Nemo's patron was uh, since Zagreus mentioned something about that that intrigued me. And if I recall correctly, I think I rolled like above a 10, like a 12 or something last time. Uh, but I can yeah, roll again. I, I, I remember you rolling a 12. No, that's fine because I'm, I'm good with uh, you doing this. Um, so that's going to give you three questions off of I believe the investigate the mystery but um, I'm just gonna let you like ask three questions oh okay um, well let's oh boy this could be dangerous for you uh, mr. Nye uh, so uh, what happened here what sort of creature is it what can it do what can hurt it where did it go what was it going to do what is being concealed here okay so any three questions but i am going to go with um what is being concealed here with regards to nemo's patron yeah so you're trying to look back into the past and um it almost feels like you hit a wall and you've never like you you've sort of like with your visions you've gone to places where um you've like reached your limit like that's the limit of your reach but this is like something is actively forcing you not to look and um whenever you quote unquote open up your eyes you are in an entirely black void And um, in the distance, you see something approaching, and it's getting closer. And as it gets closer, um, you're starting to see its form uh, isn't exact. It's not one single thing, but it's, it's either like a cluster of smaller things, or it's smoke that is like waving and moving and pieces of it are like dissipating off of it. But, um, the source is like whatever is like leading it towards you. And 
as it comes in closer and closer, it's it's getting bigger and bigger and larger until the point that it's becoming um, almost enrapturing. It's taking up most of the sky in front of you. And at the center of this red smoke is a single eye. And the eye has a yellow iris. And it is looking down at you. And for the first time in your life, you get the scope that you are completely out of your depth. And you've never felt smaller. Um, because to put a kind of equivalency to that, um, this seems as if the sun was right next to the earth and just dominated the sky. I don't know if I'm actually present. Uh, as a, I, I'm not sure. I feel like uh, when I go this deep with regards to visions, um, I think that it would be almost as if I'm occupying a physical space sometimes. Um, so I, I walk forward and I call out to it. Um, I say who are you and how are you connected to Nemo what and then I just kind of trail off you you want to know who I am my it's been a long time since anyone has willingly ventured this deep hmm, but since you asked my name so nicely uh, let's call me Atreus. And you ask about the one named Nemo. Nemo is uh, one of my servants, in a sense. Tell me, child, what is your name? I and I am hesitant uh, because I know that names grant power uh, uh, with certain beings um, but I I, I say uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Sybil uh, uh, pleasure pleasure to meet you uh, uh, floating eyeball guy Atreus uh, I mean I Hi. Um. What? Uh. Uh. uh um. And you know that uh, Sybil is generally dismissive of authority and um, figures of the like. Yeah. Uh. But the the deferential treatment is out of character for sure. Uh. Excuse me, sir. Um. Mr. Uh, Atreus. Um. Uh, uh. Could you? Who? What is Nemo? He's not, it's, I can't, I don't understand. Could you tell me more, sir, please? Nemo is basically, hmm, hold on. And some of the red smoke from this form, like, floats around you. 
and it spins around you in kind of like a small vortex as if it's examining um, parts of you, but it, it isn't touching you. And it comes back to the, the figure. He says, Hmm. So, to put it in a different way, or in a way that you could comprehend, uh, Nemo is a drone. It is a servant that lives to serve me. And because of my current circumstances, uh, I'm not allowed on Earth. And so I send out Nemo, along with others, to cultivate and to ready the world for me to make my stance. We have done this for eons. Oh, fuck. This is fucking episode three. The fuck? <laughs> Revealing all my secrets to the audience. Well, not, not, not you, yeah. babe. You're, yeah. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, George doesn't know any of this. We're having a nice uh -huh. casual lunch at dinner. So, uh -huh. I... Uh, my question, and this is not to the creature itself necessarily, but to myself, um, in my head, if anything else, maybe he detects it, maybe he doesn't, but in my head I ask, how, how can I attain a measure of the durability that Nemo has? I... Oh. I, I, I need to be able to prevent this creature from, from enacting its plan. And that would be my question. Oh, fuck. Okay. You really don't want my immortality, but okay. So you, um, think this, and... The eye blinks, like for the first time, and it says, well, there you go. I'm, I, what do you mean? And I, I kind of stand up straighter, um, as if something subconsciously changed, but I don't recognize it. What, what do you mean? Uh, there you go. What, what did you do? Part of what I do is I... I... The desire of hearts comes to me. I can sense what it is that you truly want. I heard your cry. I heard what you were thinking. And I gave it to you. And then I think before I can ask another question um, or interact with him anymore, um, the vision starts collapsing. And you feel it's not like your usual visions where um, it might be like kind of fading back. It's like somebody grabs the back of your, um, your jacket and just yanks you out of wherever you were. And you wake up 
um, in the hotel room the next morning in a, like, deep, cold sweat. And I feel like the yanking uh, from the back of my neck that I felt wasn't entirely a mental or metaphysical sensation. Um, I feel like... So I wake up in a pile of books that are directly across from where I had been casting the ritual before, uh, cold and clammy, um, my head pounding as if I had had a very fun night. Um, and I glance around and as I pick myself up, I, I glance around the room and I notice the pile of books and I, I just clean myself up basically. Um, and try and recover from such a taxing vision. Now to go back to Dora Nemo, you get uh, your plates and the portions are insanely overdone. And the lady smiles at uh, Nemo and she's like, that's one of our specials. And with this uh, giant burger is a bag of, um, um, well, I can't say the brand name, but it is a bag of plain potato chips. Please. <laughs> yeah. Potato chips. <sighs> internally, Nemo is saying, fucking Americans. I do not say that aloud. I say that internally. The, the tea that you received was um, cold iced tea that has been sugared to high hell. Like it's. It's not a syrup, but it is a few steps above. I smile and say, thank you for wonderful service. And um, yes, thank you. Thank you for your wonderful service. Internally, though, I am fucking <laughs> fuming. <laughs> I fucking hate this country. It sucks. Motherfuckers. Okay, fine. I'll drink my fucking sweet tea and my fucking eat my potato crisps. Oh yeah, I know crisps. Of this fucking burger. Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's fine. I I start chowing down. Yeah, no, that's fine. What does your face look like when you take that first sip of I, if, if anyone is looking, especially if it's any of the, um, of the established staff, I, I make a perfect face of pristine joy. Internally, though, I am in absolute disgust, but I'm not going to show that because it's impolite. So, like, Dora has eyes on, like, the staff and everybody, and Demo has eyes on Dora. And so I think, like, Dora would be, like, the only person who could see Nemo's face. Okay, well, I'm, I'm making a face of absolute disgust, but I'm going to drink it because I ordered it, and it's polite to finish what you've ordered. It is polite, but I, I mean, I maybe hurt you a little bit. Yes, I'm, no, it, it's, it's fine. It's, it's all I good. Can, I, uh, do, you, do you want my coffee? We can switch. Do you want my coffee? It's, it's fine, though. I, I need to adjust to the culture of this land as much as anyone else. There's no difference just because I'm a little bit old, a little bit of a fuddy-duddy, so to speak. And I shall be drinking this with a little bit of uh, trepidation and, and with a little bit of a sour face, so long as nobody sees it. But I will uh, finish it. 
Um, so, I, I guess I'll be blunt, so I, I didn't just call you out because we wanted to get a meal together. I was wanting to ask you, I was going to proposition you something. You are clearly after a monster. That, that, that is quite clear. You have the I'm going to kill a monster eyes. I've seen them before. Please do not pretend otherwise. It's quite obvious. And I wish to aid you in this task, if possible. So I was wondering if you have any questions about being, well, a myriad, a monster, that I could help you with. It's like a long pause. Yeah, he, he, he does. She, she's like, she's like trying to work up stuff, trying to like work up to something. Like she keeps going, but I. Just it's okay. You don't have to tell me if you do not want to. I just wanted to give you the option and enjoy a nice meal with you. Nemo, we let that monster go. Yeah, I wanna. I have. I wanna kill monster eyes, and I have her wanna kill monster gun, and I have another I wanna kill monster guns, and I have an I wanna kill monsters truck, and I have an I wanna kill monsters. Glass knuckles, not that those have ever been helpful at all yet. And I have my wanna kill monsters boots. It's all that's all I wanna do. And there is the monster and we let it just go. Let him fly away. I mean do <sighs> monsters do I, I do monsters change? All the males I ask that question of can you be a bad monster and become a good one? Or is it just the thing just going to keep on being evil and kidnapping kids forever? I, I, I take the bag of crisps and I'm going to keep calling them that. And I open it, right? And I take one out and I, I put it on the counter. Let's imagine for a moment that this, this crisp here is a, is a, is a, is a, is, is a person, yes? Yes? Okay. This is a person. Okay. So you see, and I take my finger and I kind of kind of start crisscrossing over it. Every person is a lot of bundle of connections. Connections to one's form, connections to one's mind, connections to one's heart, and connections to one's family. In this yes? analogy, we the connections are the starch? In this analogy, my finger drawing lazy lines is the connections. I apologize. I, I don't have the correct apparatus to describe it. Okay, no, um, that's okay. You're, you're, you're doing fine? It's... I'll explain. Monsters don't come from nowhere. They are born for a purpose, shall we say. And this purpose... Well, purpose is perhaps stretching the term. Some monsters like to think they are born for a purpose. But all monsters exist if you want to be blunt because humans made them so. Humans are in their own way very powerful. Though they don't see it that way. You see, these connections that you have are very important. What a monster is, and then I do a very quick line across the crisp, and I will activate my 
t decaying touch powers and just turn it to ash in one swipe is something that has lost a connection. Some, like a shapeshifter, have lost their form and it has become mutable. Others have lost their minds and some, like the monster that we saw today, or sorry, that we met, had lost their hearts. I would not worry too much about the morality of a monster. If a monster so wishes, it could be, well, good and evil are ultimately subjective, and it would be wrong of me to say that every monster is just something that needs to be told not to do bad things. Some are going to do bad things regardless of if a human gets hurt or not. Simply put, a monster is incomplete, a dark reflection, a, a, a mismangled representation of a person. Sometimes it is an actual person that has been warped or broken, and other times they are not. What we met with the children was not human. It never was. It was a reflection, as I said. Humans brought it into the world, and suffice to say, it is doing what humans think it would do. It's complicated, but that is the best as I can describe it. Now, as to whether or not we could kill it, uh, that's a no. It was very powerful, and it would have turned us into protoplasm. So, best not to worry too much about being able to defeat it. Although your gun is very powerful, not on that caliber just yet. When you say caliber, door... Yes, door, there like was a the pun there. Yeah, yeah, it's like the corner of her mouth is open. It's, if you have any other questions, I would be more than happy to lend you. I have been on this earth for quite a while and I have met quite a diverse selection of my fellow kin, shall we say. If monsters are incomplete or they've lost something, then it's... you can't... you can't just shape them to death. Then... then it seems like what you have to do is find the thing that's missing, right? Like, what... what would make you know, like, um, like the Tin Man needs, needs, no. His heart. Does that work? Can you, can you defeat Perhaps. something by, I mean, it doesn't, it seems like making it stronger, but. No, um. Fixing it? Myriads, or monsters, whichever terminology you prefer, are naturally unnatural. What would logically make something stronger will often make them weaker. And yes, theoretically, you could return what has been lost. However, I am unfortunately the one to bear the bad news that that is still and will likely always be just a theory. Nobody has ever 
and he kind of does the bunny ears like sarcastic kind of not really taking this point seriously cured a monster to say the least unfortunately once you become one or are born one you are one for eternity then then what makes a monster good or bad Um, well, in my experience, perspective, honestly, the monsters that get by, the ones that learn to coexist, if I was to be frank with you, and I will, are the ones that have no reason to be hostile towards humans. And unfortunately, not every monster sees humans that way. I feel that this is perhaps reaching the scope of my understanding for now. Perhaps we shall reconvene at a later time, we shall finish our meal, and we shall uh, abscond to bed, if that is okay with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd maybe have more questions after I sleep on that. I highly recommend it. Now, let me enjoy these delicious chips and this tea. You don't oh, have to say tea, weird. Tea is the same word. I know, but this country is so strange in so many ways. Um, thank you for tuning in um, to Two Dollar Creature Feature. Um, we're very thankful for you guys listening. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on as Two Dollar Creature, right? Yep, yep. Two Dollar Creature with the the numeral two and and dollars spelled out. Yes, listen to Laura because I'm still terrible at the social media stuff. I think this is the point. Yeah, this is the point where we hang up now. No, you hang up. No, no, you hang no, up. You first. hang no, up. You hang up. No, you. Oh my god. <laughs>